Thank you for listening to Servants for Christ. In all that we do, in all that we say, we want to give glory and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning us in as we get into the wonderful Word of God. For the next few minutes, let's take the beautiful Word of God and share it with each and every one of you as we have a sense of anticipation to take the Word of God and to listen to its truth for each and every one. Psalms chapter 37, Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, and Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, and Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Just for a little while, I want to talk to you about Your next step could be your best step. We're reminded, as the Word of God tells us, in Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Looking on down to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, as we take the wonderful word of God and break it unto the sheepfold. We humbly, Lord, as your servant, come before you and ask you, Lord, that you'd protect us, Lord, as you take this body of Christ and as they receive the word of God, that, Lord, that it will guide their steps. May their steps be ordered by the Lord. May you delight in the ways that they walk. Lord, may the Holy Spirit be proud to know that they're walking in mind, walking in the Spirit, Spirit Spirit-led by you. And now, Father, I pray, Lord God, as the old song says, why worry about tomorrow? And why worry if your steps are slow? If in life you've been with Jesus, you ain't got much further to go. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we take this message, and Lord, as we uh, give it to Bethel Crossroads this morning, that it'll be a message that be a blessing to them. And Lord, I pray, may the Spirit's leading give us all that we need by the Word of God and the will of God through the Spirit's control and the Spirit's voice and the Spirit's command. In Jesus' marvelous mighty name, Amen. You know, one of life's most puzzling questions is that sometimes we deal with problems and we go through life and we don't quite know how uh, to deal with them. Uh, You know, we wonder uh, as uh, we look at some of the problems that we're going through, uh, the facts of our Christian faith, that sometimes we look around and we wonder, well, why somebody else is not having to go through some of the things that we're going through. But I'm glad that 
when we look and realize that every believer of Jesus, we come to a place that we've got to be able to trust Him in all the areas of our life. Amen. Uh, even as Paul began to fight in all the battles, there were times that every one of us will be challenged with things in our life that we're going to have to do. And so we go through a time where we feel like we're just so powerless. When we try to live any other way, when we try to uh, uh, do our own thing in our own power, we come to the end of ourselves. And yet we see that what happens, because without God's power in our lives, life eventually unravels. And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. But I'm glad that he told us, he said, that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Now, I like what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. He goes back, he says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. But listen to what he says on further up in verse 6 of Romans chapter 8. He says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Other words, by human nature, we're controlled and it results in death. But to be controlled by the Spirit, it results in life and peace. Do you know what? Knowledge alone is not enough. Without God's power, life begins to unravel. God's power is available to every born-again believer. And I'm glad that he tells us that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. Now I'm going to tell you, as we look at this, all of us, uh, what is needed in a believer's life is the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Hey, are you spirit led? Huh? What's your next step? Because your next step could be your very best step. But it won't be if you're not spirit-led. Jesus promised his followers exactly what was happening a few days later because the disciples had received power. And the day after Pentecost, there was an explosion of growth and salvation and baptisms and miracles and compassion and unity and holiness and healing, praise God. It was an incredible time. It was the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus made for his followers. And that same promise is yours and mine to receive. We all need it. And the good news is that we can all have it. What is needed in a believer's life is the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But many people are rolling with their own power and strength. I'm going to tell you, that's sad. Because the Proverbs says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. You know what? Every one of us, what a man keeps in his mind and what he thinks about determines who he is and what he does. If a man keeps his mind and thoughts in the gutter, he becomes a part of the filth in that gutter. If he keeps his mind upon the good, he becomes good. If he focuses upon achievement and success, he achieves uh, that success. If his mind is filled with religious thoughts and becomes religious. But I'm going to tell you, a man becomes and does what he thinks. And I'm glad that every one of us, when we begin to realize that none of us can ever accomplish Romans chapter 8 verse 6 and have life and peace and be controlled by the Spirit 
unless we're able to do the first part. And that is, listen, He tells us, in order to be able to do this, we've got to abide by what He's telling us. For those that live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. And that's what He told us in Romans Chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Amen? And so, I'm glad that when we look and realize that you can ask yourself all day long, uh, you know, what is the best thing for you in your life? And you know what? You can get all kinds of answers. But what you need to be doing on a daily basis when you get up is you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? I want you to fill me, Holy Spirit, with your presence. I want to put on the armor of God today. I'm going to have the Holy Spirit fill me completely, and my mind is set on the desires of the Holy Spirit when I step out every day after drinking my cup of coffee that I'm focused on what the Holy Spirit wants for my life. That is how that your next step could be your best step. That's how that you can roll being spirit-led. Are we focused on what the spirit wants for my life? Are we focused on what we, this old carnal fleshly body wants? Because becoming good, becoming holy, is a matter of putting your mind where you want your life to be. It's a matter of taking charge of your thoughts, filtering out everything that is inconsistent with God's will. And I'm glad that Paul calls this having a mind controlled by the spirit. Amen. And so, when we look and we begin to realize that each and every one of us, the benefits of this kind of thinking, the the mind is controlled by the Spirit, is life and peace. And so, I thank God, each and every one of us, as we have that desire to please the Holy Spirit, to have life, to have peace, amen. I'm glad that uh, Paul states that one of the evidences of salvation is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when I meet somebody... The very first thing that I begin to be as a fruit inspector of watching their life is are they led by the Holy Spirit of God? What are they letting lead them? Are they letting God lead them? Are they letting the flesh lead them? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. I'm glad Lewis Perry Schaefer said, and I quote, The walk in the Spirit or the life that is led by the Spirit is one of the great new realities of this age of grace. He goes on, he says, Yet some believers are so far removed from this blessing that their daily lives are shaped and adapted to the order and the relationships of the past dispensation. He goes on, he says, It is one of the supreme glories of this age that a child of God and a citizen of heaven may live a superhuman life in harmony with his heavenly calling by an unbroken walk in the spirit, unquote. And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, amen. And so we see that uh, uh, they're led by the spirit of God. What's needed in a believer's life? Number one is sacredness in the spirit's leading. Guidance can come from a lot of sources, but in our day and time, Christian counselors have become extremely popular. But I'm going to tell you something. Wise people God has brought into our life through the years is one of the most wise counsels. Somebody that knows Jesus Christ, that can be your friend, that can set an example. They're the wisest of all counselors, amen. And so I'm glad that every one of us, 
the holiness and the godliness about the Spirit's leading, the leadership that is constant and consistent, that is sacred, that is hallowed, praise God. Man may give you good advice, but the Holy Spirit always gives godly advice. And I'm glad that we look and we begin to realize that as we're governed by the Word of God, that's one of the ways that the leadership that is leading will always be. Somebody that is governed by the Word of God is led by the Spirit of God, and their next step will be their best step. The Holy Spirit will never lead one to do something contrary to the Word of God. The leading is governed by God's Word. It leads through God's Word, leads by God's Word. And thus saith the Lord, that's the rule for all leading. Plainly, as we look and realize that that is the absolute way that we need to row, praise God. And so I'm glad that all of us, uh, that the Holy Spirit will lead you to follow God's Word and to be obedient to its teachings. And secondly, not only are we governed by the Word of God, but we're guided by the will of God. Hallelujah. All of the leading in our life will be guided by God's will for every believer. God has a will for every believer. The Holy Spirit will always lead us with God's will in mind. He'll never leave us uh, uh, to do something contrary to God's perfect will in life. Oh, God's Holy Spirit led me to divorce my wife. No, he didn't. That's on your part. Now, you may need to divorce, but don't you blame it on God. And don't you blame it on somebody else. The Holy Spirit discloses God's will to a believer. And I'm glad that some act like the will of God is a hopeless pursuit. But God will not tell us something, his will, if it could not be understood. And I'm glad that I'm glad every one of us that he tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17... Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know what that said? That there is a way that you can have the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't just make it up, but he said through Scripture in Ephesians that you can know the will of God. How can we know God's will? We can know it through the Holy Spirit's leading. The Holy Spirit will not only disclose the will of God to a born-again believer, but also the direct the believer and what the will and what the purpose is. And all of that leading in a believer's life is guided by God's will and purpose for that life. He'll never lead someone to something and do something or go somewhere that's not according to God's will. Many a time the Holy Spirit stopped someone from doing what was contrary to the will of God. Now listen, missionaries went out. Livingston wanted to go to China, but God suffered him not and he sent him to Africa. I'll tell you, the missionary Kerry planned to go to Polynesia in the South Seas, but God guided him to India and lay foundations for the Bible and one-sixth people of the world. Missionary Judson did not go to India, but he was driven to go somewhere else. He went to Burma where he built a, a, a church for all time. Barnabas Shaw was thrust out from Boardland and trusted to God's guidance of his cattle and cart, not knowing whether he went until 28th day it brought him to the chief of, uh, the, of, of an area and he literally said come over and help us the Holy Spirit's always leading and guiding the will of God for a believer's life and I'm glad that it's always the sacredness of the Holy Spirit's leadership that gives us what we need and so I'm glad what's needed in a believer's life is sacredness in the Spirit's leading that we're governed by the Word of God, guided by the will of God, but secondly, submissive to the Spirit's leading. Amen. If the Holy Spirit is the lead the believer, there must be a submission to that leadership. And I'm glad every one of us that we're led by the Spirit that can neither see our way unless the Spirit directs us, nor have we strength to walk it unless the Spirit assists us and draws us along. 
because the Spirit leads and draws us. And I'm glad that every one of us are reminded that the Spirit, we cannot see God's will or way for our lives unless He is leading us. It's the leadership of the Holy Spirit that is essential if we're to walk in God's right way. And so, we have that compliance to that, amen. That compliance to the Spirit's control that we abide by it. Paul said uh, in Galatians 5, 17, For the flesh lusts after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. And so, both the flesh and the Spirit long to have control of the believer's life. Both want to be in absolute charge of everything about the believer's life. But when the Bible speaks of being filled with the Spirit, in Ephesians 5, 18, the idea is that of being under the control of the Holy Spirit filled, being dominated by the emotion, hallelujah, to be filled with the Holy Spirit more than a feeling. I'm glad that it's dominated, completely controlled by the Holy Spirit, led, hallelujah. And so the plain truth is that many believers don't experience the Holy Spirit's leading because he's not in control in his or her life. Let me give you something, a test to determine if the Holy Spirit's in control. Are you doing what you know to be God's will? Are there some things that the Holy Spirit does not have to lead you to do because they've already been revealed in the Word of God? Huh? Listen, do you tithe? You say, preacher, you ain't got to talk to me about money. Listen, if you ain't doing what God's will is because you're robbing God, you need to give back to God what belongs to God. But many people, they don't give God not only the time of day, not a sin of day. What's disobedient is a mark of the Holy Spirit's control. The Lord's day is a day when all of us, all of God's people, are to be in the house of God. And there's no exception to that. Even when company comes, say people go to church on Sunday. Not a day on the lake or the, or the woods camping. It's not a day to get caught up on things around the house or rest. It's a day when God's people assemble to worship. And I'm telling you, if the Holy Spirit is in control, you're going to be on church. You're going to be in church on Sunday. You could go on and on, but the point is made. If the Holy Spirit is in control of one's life, they're going to do what already has been revealed by God in His Word. And so you got to have compliance to the Spirit's control, obedience to the Spirit's command. Hallelujah. There's a daily obedience to God's command. Submission means that if the Holy Spirit leads me to do, I'm going to obey without hesitation. I'm going to put no argument, no question what's asking. I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do what it leads me to do. Amen. And so a mother was repeatedly telling her little boy to sit down, sit down. And the boy continued to stand, disobeying his mother, being disrespectful. Finally, the mother went to him and plopped him down in that chair, plummeted that boy, and that boy said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. Hmm. Boy, when the Holy Spirit's in control, there's going to be submission on the inside that will be revealed by our actions on the outside. The Holy Spirit longs to control the believer so that he can lead them, so that he can lead them and control them, amen. And lastly, not only what is needed in every believer's life, sacredness in the Spirit's leading, amen. I thank God, but also submissive to the Spirit's leading. But lastly, susceptibility in the Spirit's leading as well because the word led that we read to you out of Romans Chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm glad that it describes the act of leading about the animal at the end of a rope. 
The Spirit leads the believers. Amen. And I'm glad that the caring and the bearing that the Spirit does on our behalf. Amen. Directing our course. Bringing us to an end. Directing us to where we go. How to get there. And it brings us to our destination. Amen. And that we become involved in the life of directing and conforming to the image of Christ. Amen. And destined uh, that one of these days to live eternally in the presence of God. One of the greatest powers of the Holy Spirit is the power to lead the believer and to become involved in that life. And I'm glad that is one of the greatest things that we could ever do. Hallelujah. I'm glad that all of us, that we could wrap the rope around the neck of an animal and then we could tug or pull that rope until the animal followed. And when the animal followed, it was being led. When the Holy Spirit leads, he does not speak in an audible voice. There's that tug. There's that pull at the heart. If one is not sensitive to the voice, they will not understand. They will not comprehend the leading of the Holy Spirit of God because they've never let the Spirit lead them. But you need to recognize the Spirit's voice. And I'm glad that it was that young Samuel, the night God spoke to him at the first thought, it was Eli speaking to him. And the Bible says, Now Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. He wasn't familiar with God's voice. He did not recognize his voice when he spoke to him. Many of us don't experience the leading of the Holy Spirit simply because we do not know his voice. He speaks to them, but like Samuel, they don't recognize that he's speaking. Due to spiritual immaturity, and like Samuel was but a child, many believers are spiritual children. They've not matured enough to place that voice. They have not got to the point where they can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to them. The Spirit's leading is always governed by the Word of God and it's guided by the will of God. Spiritual babies, their opinions, all that they do. Many people will say, God told me this. Listen, He didn't tell you nothing. You're making it up. In some cases, some folks that don't even, that are probably not even saved or they don't even know God will begin to say, God told me to do this. Listen, we must know His voice if we're able to be led by the Spirit of God. And I'm glad that when it tucks and when it pulls at our heart, that's when he's leading. I'm glad. It might be in a, in a prayer meeting that he tells you to go down to the altar. It may have you get up and sing a song. Whatever the Holy Spirit says for you to do, it's more than what we feel. It's what he says. To know the difference between the two, we've got to recognize the Spirit's voice. And secondly, respond to the Spirit's voice and be sensitive to it. That spiritual ability to know that he's leading, to be sensitive to the fact that he's leading, to respond to that leading, amen. And so we cannot do it in our own strength. We're to be led, and we must be sensitive to that leading. And I'm glad as I close out, as we're being led by the Spirit, it longs to lead you. It needs to be to lead us. As I close out, being holy is a matter of making up your mind to be holy. And I know it's not a process of determination. It's a process of realization. Realizing of who you are in Christ. And in Christ, your sins are forgiven. You're free from guilt and condemnation. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. And it gives you power over sin. You've been adopted into the family of God. You're a child chosen by Him. But I'm going to tell you, who you are in Christ, without Him, we're lost. With him, we're his children, free from guilt, who claim as our birthright power over sin. Father, we know that our next step could be our best step. 
if we're led by the Spirit of God. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But Lord, I pray that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Help us. Help us, Lord. We're not afraid. Lord, no matter what the weather, no matter what the climate, no matter the people that surround us, may we be calm with the Holy Spirit of God and led by it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so, Lord, we don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. Lord, we lay all of our fears down, and we ask you to set us free through the Holy Spirit. Motivate us. May your presence in our life set us free from all fear. Give us strength. Hold us up. Give us Ability to stand with courage in the face of things that are coming against us with the enemy. Because, Lord, you are far greater than anything that we fear. We don't want to fail you. We want to trust in you. And so deliver us and may we be led by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' marvelous mighty name, amen.